0: It is the Blue Room. It is your prediction show for the new season. Any excuse to get out for a pint with Mark Mosey and Les Roberts? We are in the Glen Affric, which if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see is it. very nice. Um, how are we doing, lads? How are we feeling about everything before we get into the topics? Mose, it's two days away until Everton play football match. This time, in two, two days, we'll be back in Goodison Park watching yeah. us against Chelsea.
2: I reckon I was just where are we now Thursday come Tuesday I reckon I was putting some form of sense together about thinking about going the match again and just Everton in general again and I think the intensifying transfer talk and the Calvert-Lewin nonsense this week has just thrown everything out the window again to the point of I think I'm ba- I'm basically the morning after Palace again now of
0: <laughs> what
2: happens over the next three months of my life just happens and um, but yeah, I still stand by the theory that at, what is it, half five on Saturday, as soon as the game kicks off, all of the rhetoric and all of the build up, mainly off the pitch, will just fly out the window. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I, I think the, the nature of the opponents and the nature of the half five kick off and everything else that goes with it, I think that will very much play into our hands at the moment because. It's hopefully Chelsea is one of those games where there's no room for Everton to overthink the game at all. Um, I, I said to Rob on a show earlier today that if Everton were playing Nuts Forest at home, I'd be sitting here very nervous about the football season now, but the fact that it's got this kind of free-hit connotation about it at the moment plays into Everton's hands.
1: Yeah, that, I think that's what kind of worries me, though, That is Chelsea at home. I, I know it's like bad to have the, uh, the promoted team on the first day. We very rarely do well with that.
2: I quoted the Palace game from 98, I think Lombardum. it was.
0: Oh,
2: it was just, even as an <laughs> 11-year-old child, it was haunting. Yeah, it was. It
1: still haunts me to this day as well. Just this bald head wheeling away yeah. from the park. And, um, yeah, the, the only thing with this is, it's like we beat Chelsea every season at home. And yeah. it's got to come to an end at some point, and when it does, it's gonna be a kick in the nuts. And like just, city I'm, away, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. And then we never win against them again. Yeah. That sort of setup. So yeah, I'm, i a bit apprehensive about it really because, as you say, it's like it is sort of a free hit, but you don't want to get off to a bad start no. at Goodison as well because I don't think it, I don't think it's gonna take much for people to start kicking off, is it? Um, you know, All the goodwill's evaporated anyway from the end of last season. I think we, we said on the pod, didn't we, yeah. Mike? You know, mm. It's not a bad thing because we can't keep harping on about that because it was no sort of achievement. It was just a dead good night. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, would, it would be nice to, to, to recapture the atmosphere of Goodson and get it, get it bouncing again. But I am very apprehensive about this one, um, especially those strikers against some good defenders they've got now and everything.
0: Mm. I, I, weirdly, and this is going to sound mad, but I kind of like the no-strikers thing for this game.
2: Yeah, okay, like, yeah,
0: Like, it sort of, like, feeds more into this underdog, you know, belief we're going to have. It, feel, it feels yeah. very David Moyes, Everton, you know, when we used to play Fellaini and Kale up front yeah. in, in that sort of thing. I obviously don't like that he's going to be out for six weeks. And not everyone knows how much I love Don, but mm. for this game, it's sort of like, I don't know. I'm not sure if I played Dali Alli there, but that's an entirely different conversation. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it now. Maybe until we go through these predictions, <laughs> we see how it's all going to go. We're not. We're going to do some traditional ones. We're going to do some which are maybe a little bit different as well. Um, about being, you know, broadening it out to the Premier League in general. Uh, but the first bit's going to be about Everton. The first one is just a traditional one. Les, where are we going to finish this season with? Eighth. Eighth. Our natural position is eighth. Is this a real prediction? Or? Yeah. We're
1: going to start eighth. We're going to finish eighth. I just, I just think the Premier League is a pretty wretched division. Um, there's two runaway teams and the rest pretty much fodder, especially once you get beyond sixth. Mm. So I think if the likes of Wolves can finish sort of up and around eighth, like they did last season, and West Ham, I know West Ham have got a decent side, and Moises, done a good job, blah blah blah, but they're not that good. And it's just like I don't know, you know, if things go for us a bit next season, if we get a few signings in yeah. over, over the line, you know, before the transfer window shuts, it can give the team an entirely new complexion. So I'm going to go quite. Quite ambitious. And quite just, quite <laughs> ambitious, yeah. No, I just say, it's on that position. It's like,
2: it, it's where Everton belongs. That's what we're going to get. I don't know if I'm that <laughs> ambitious. I, I was going to come here and give you an ambitious 12th. Um, I don't know if we can quite stretch away. The, the one thing I would definitely echo that Les has said is that it's very easy to get wrapped up in how bad your own football team can be and forget how bad... 13 of the other teams in this league
0: can be. Um, I feel like I can make a case for 13 teams having a bad season. Yeah. Like you can look at all of yeah. them and go, give, yeah. like, you can give three reasons why all those other you know, 13, even United to a degree as well, you can the, look at all them and go, yeah. I, can, I can give you three real tangible reasons why you're going to have a poor season this year. There's a grey
2: zone of teams like West Ham who. They've probably accumulated enough quality over the last couple of years. They've got a manager who's been there and done it at pretty much every level of the league. Stop they're un- but they're it, unlikely, just, exactly.
0: Just quickly on West Ham,
1: yeah. did you see the table that was knocking about from when Lampard took over to Everton? Yeah, and West we Ham we were down. below us. Yeah. So they dropped off a cliff at the end of the season, which yeah. is kind of classic Moyes to a degree.
2: Oh no, You yeah. know, we started bad with us, didn't we? Yeah. And the mighty Everton, the pluck and transfer target off them left, well, right there you and centre. So, <laughs> Massive. It's, it's an enormous kick in the balls for them absolutely but um, yeah I, I think top half of the lower half of the of the, the table give me that one um, is, is probably about par for a team who you know the next four weeks will determine how right what I'm going to say is but, but I've got a better squad than last year they've got a manager who certainly our hope is that he's no longer putting out fires and he's actually able to go about showing us the type of manager that he is you know where that takes both him and Everton will only will only be a a story that unravels over the next few months but I I personally don't think we're as bad as last season Um, mainly because it, that's a that's a massive stretch yeah. uh, I think the the momentum that we generated towards the back end of the season has to count for something uh, and I honestly believe it will um, we're probably going to stutter at the start of the season because of the obvious omission of, of Carvert-Lewin but as I say the, the transfer window and not to quote Farhad Mishiri on this show <laughs> because it's by no means something we do very often but this this entire team will be judged by what it looks like at the back end of August. Uh, and I do believe that it will be a lot stronger than the team we're going into Saturday with.
0: Expected losses all over the place. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, <laughs> starting with Saturday. Nah, Saturday's all banker. It'll be fine. Um, I, I, was, I think I've said 14 before, but I'm going to go... I was thinking 12 when I walked here today. Think, you know, I feel like the, the transfers and the business in the last week or so I mean two of them we haven't even got over the line yet <laughs> in an, in an, in an, the, the rumours have given us have given us hope um, but it just feels like things are starting to turn a little bit it, it doesn't feel yeah, you know if we if we signed a Gueye this week and then there's no real talk about anybody else or no sign of a striker coming in I feel like there could have been some potential for it to get a bit toxic on, yeah. on Saturday but I don't I feel like I feel like now there's more of a chance of us keeping perspective going forward. Yeah. I think over the course of the season, I think we'll see young players get better. I think McNeil will get better. I think Gordon will get better. I think Ben Godfrey's going to have a, a, a good season again, playing in that back three. I think that's a position that really suits him. So I mean, there are players in there who are, who are young, who maybe had you know troughs last year that I think are going to develop. and Playing in that system, I know you hate it, Les, uh, <laughs> but... I mean that suits quite a lot of players and I think it's a hard one to learn, isn't it, as well? You can't just play it for five games or whatever we did at the end of that season. Mm. But it feels like now you've been working at it, I think we've got players that suit it, and I think we'll start slowly, but we'll get better throughout the season and be safe by the end of April. There's one thing there's one thing
2: <laughs> I hate about the formation, but to ask you first, what, what is it about? It's the two-man
1: midfield I hate. So I, I don't, I don't yeah. mind the five at the back, Yeah. I don't mind the, the, the bombing on full-backs. I was one in the 90s in the Birkenhead Sunday League I know what it's all about <laughs> <laughs> so I don't mind that aspect of it I just think you need to play three in the middle because the two in the middle the, the, the wing backs don't give you any sort of midfield protection Yeah, that's all because they're too busy bombing down the line if a centre back steps out they could be out of position I just think two's
2: not enough cover Yeah, that's the, that's the thing I don't like about the, it the thing that's always irked me about it is that it's always been that kind of parachute system for Everton yeah. in that yeah We've got Chelsea away at Stamford Bridge on a Wednesday in the Cup and we've got two midfielders injured, let's lash five at the back. <laughs> let's put all let's, defenders on, that'll do. Exactly, yeah. let's bring Davy Weir on. You know, it, it, there's always been that kind of emergency connotation to playing five at the back. Mm. Um, I absolutely get what you're saying about the two midfield and I think we said it at the yeah. Dynamo Kiev game in that you cannot go into most Premier League games, but in particular the one on Saturday with Decore and awobi playing as your central two. It's just absolutely not going to work. And I think that the problem for Everton is that where are our relative strengths as a squad now? Probably it's centre-half. And even with Richardson going probably out wide up top, you've got McNeil, you've got Gray, you've got Gordon. And you can very quickly see why Lampard was trying to play a 3-4-3 three, three a lot of times last season. Um, the, the problem with that is that you leave your two lads out wide in limbo. Mm. I don't really think we've got a natural wide midfielder in a four. Uh, yeah. You know, Mikolenko can do a job from coming from deep. Alex Wobby arguably naturally is more central or he's higher up the pitch. I don't think we've got two out-and-out right-mid and, out right and left-mid players yeah. who could do that role. Um, so it, it's always felt like we've just thrown it together uh, as you said though Matt it's something that we've worked on in, in pre-season um, the, the the comfort in our squad is that we've got Tarkovsky and we've got Mina and Godfrey Keane Holgate you know there is strength there uh. Colman centre-back last season absolutely yeah yeah. yeah. It's, you know we can't overlook him um, so that that's for a squad who are hit with injuries and are already depleted in terms of numbers we do have
0: to kind of play to our strengths and I think that is absolutely one of them the other thing about it as well, and I think I've said this on and on show is that you there's a there's a big distinction between being a fullback and a wing back, isn't there? Yeah. If, if you you know the the example that I think of when I think of the system and it working in the Premier League is Conte or Chelsea. Yeah. And you look at the players who played wing back for them, and you think about Alonso in particular, how many goals did he score a season? Five? Yeah yeah. Shipping probably similar if not more assists. Yeah. You know, the, the, the attack and expectation on both of those wing backs. Goes up by 20, 30%. All of a sudden, yeah. because effectively you're playing with what we're going to be doing by Luxembourg is playing the two sit midfielders, three centre backs. So that's so much onus on those. Yeah. Two. So all of a sudden, yeah. you've got you know three players up front who are going to be relying on scoring goals, and you need some support from from the others as yeah. well. And you know Mikelanko's shown signs he can do it. Patterson's shown signs he can do it, but they are both still dead young players. You are developing, mm. still new to the football club. It's going to be interesting, I think, to see how they both deal with, with that side of it as well. But, yeah. um, moving on to the second part of it, I asked you both to... I mean, Les has brought notes and flashcards with him. Mark is not prepared in the slightest. Flashcards. Um, He's got a memory, that's why I asked. Yeah. <laughs> the, the next question I wanted to ask you was, a first team is, a first-team player who's going to surprise us this season, and I put in brackets positively, 'Cause I don't want him to be sitting here going, Well I actually reckon this player's gonna be shite this year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> two days away from the season starting. But like I, I mentioned mine earlier, I think I think Ben Godfrey's gonna have a, a, a good bounce back campaign. I think playing in a back three, you need one of the centre backs to be sort of half a full back, which I think he kind of is, he can carry the ball forward, I think Tarkovsky's gonna help him a lot. Um he's gonna get a bit more protection there and I, I, I think he'll get back to the level he was at. Mm-hmm. The season before, but Mo's one about you? Anyone in particular you're expecting bigger things from this season? Uh, I've got two, but I'm going to stick with the one
2: because I think the other one's more in hope than expectation. Um, I'm also going to go for the controversial one because that's what these podcasts are for. Michael Keane.
0: Is that
2: not a- um, <laughs> my, my, my brother from the peninsula next to me will agree <laughs> with this because. He jumped out of his skin.
0: I When I was
1: thinking about this, I
2: thought nobody is going to say Michael Keane. Absolutely no one. But. The, the reason, and I'm sure Les will go on to evolve this bizarre answer, <laughs> is that I think Michael Keane's going to end up playing a large proportion of the season. Uh, and None of us want to sit here and say that, but we all know Yeri Mina. Um, he's going to start there. Our best team is going to include him, uh, but when he comes out, Michael Keane is the obvious one for me to go and play that kind of central centra, centre-back, CCC, CCB. <laughs> um, but he, he's going to be the, the holder. Everything you've just said about what you expect from Ben Godfrey, we expect none of that from Michael Keane. And I think the, the three at the back is probably the best formation for all of our centre-halves. Um, I think the ball players aren't necessarily comfortable enough on the ball to do it in a two, and I don't think we've got that kind of enforcing ball winner. Yeah, Mina is that on paper, but you yeah. know, for, for 10 games a season, it's no good to us. And I think when Michael Keane comes into that system, preferably with Tarkovsky and Godfrey either side of him, he'll be allowed to do the basics of what we saw him do at Burnley and what we've seen in his better spells at Everton in terms of just out-and-out defending. <coughs> Um, and, do you know what the, unfortunately he always finds a way to unsettle us yeah. but I think the the comfort of having those two people alongside him it just gives him that bit of a, a security blanket doesn't it just to say well Joe Tarkovsky he, he could do my role here in the middle of a three so if I miss his header or if I don't quite intercept this through ball I know I've got good coverers in him who can read the game yeah. or Ben Godfrey who's faster than Usain Bolt
0: you should never have Another centre back, more than five yards away from him when we knocked knocked the ball, no. off, should he like no. that's that's that's
2: that's and that's where you want Michael I mean, Keane. If you, if you picture him in your head at his worst, it's some rapid lad knocking the ball past him, yeah. and him and Keane being in total isolation with each other.
0: And as you say, in theory, that should never happen. Go before. back to that first game of last season where he ran away from Adam Armstrong. Yes, um, yeah. <laughs> us, you know, I think we know the, your answer to this one. Me, you're you're in the Keaneo fan club as well. Yeah, kind of shock you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty much
1: the same as what Mo said. So my, my thought with, you know, we're going to go into the, this uh, this season with the three at the back, uh, he's going to be playing with Tarkovsky who I think will take a, a hell of a lot of weight off his shoulders just yeah. just purely by the fact that Michael Keane is no longer the most senior defender on the pitch because that's what really seems to rattle him when he's got to be yeah. that sort of figure everyone in the defence yeah. looks to. Um, so I think take, take that off his back and he just becomes a more relaxed player. He's, he knows exactly what his job is you know if you've got someone who just wants to head the ball away and get rid of it he's your man yeah. so I think yeah I, I think he'll be fine this season I think he will be a surprise package um, so long as he doesn't bring the big boot back
0: <laughs> the, yeah. the only thing I'd say about that is I could I think he's <laughs> <like, laughs> shit <I>, he <laughs> just made a great case for it. I, I agree with everything you said, providing that when Mina does inevitably get injured he doesn't put Tarkovsky in the middle and plays Holgate because and no, I, I, what you mean? Yeah. Because I suppose the downside to that is that it would disrupt two positions instead of one. Yeah. But I also think Lampard quite likes Holgate as well, and I think mm. he'd look. I think he, I don't think he'd be averse to him getting in the team. If you get what I mean, yeah. so, but, so perhaps it would be one of them where it depends on the. Op- yeah. You know, if you're going to have more of the ball, maybe you'd say Tarkovsky go in the middle, Holgate and Godfrey on either side. of I him mean, you know, they can push on a bit more. You may the wing backs may push on. You may need a bit more recovery pace, etc., etc. If it's a game like the weekend, where you're going to be sat on the edge of your own box, I mean, not playing. I think that's when you you go for Michael Keane Yeah, I mean, having seen
2: Mason Holgate pass that ball inside <laughs> against Dean Keir, I've had that, that. would be my hesitation in that You know, to go back to what I said earlier, I don't think our ball-playing centre halves are good enough on the ball to be fully categorised as that. Um, well, I think Mason, Ke- I think Keane's better on the ball, probably actually than both. Holgate and Godfrey which which nullifies the impact of bringing someone like Holgate in uh, because you, in that situation then you if Mina was injured you'd move Tarkovsky into the middle yeah. and play Michael Keane as that left centre back uh, because you, you, you're relatively comfortable with him and all of the kind of assurances and all of the the, the comments that we made earlier about Keane having someone close to him, I guess he's still kind of got that. Um, we don't really know how good James Tarkovsky is on the ball because we haven't seen enough of him, frankly. Um, I can't... But Holgate still gives me all the fear. Yeah, he did
1: well at the end of last season, to be fair. Yeah. But yeah. I can, so I can see what you're saying there because I guess if you're playing a three at the back and you, your full-backs are pushing on... In Godfrey and Holgate, you've kind of got half a full-back there already yeah. and half a centre-back. And back. a bit
0: better when the ball goes over the red, aren't Yeah,
1: you? so yeah. they do kind of fit in that position nicely. So, yeah, I suppose it does depend on yeah. where you're going to play Tarkovsky. Uh,
0: mm. Next question about young players. Um, is there anyone you expect to sort of come in? and make the position their own this season I'll, I'll go first again on this in fact you know what Les you had your answer Rob last time yeah. by Moose being oh, my answer pro- probably going to be terrible for this because absolutely nothing about him just heard his name quite a so, lot so go, go on you yes. go first on this yeah. one yeah. Pre- let me prepare
2: my jump up in enthusiasm <laughs> <laughs> oh my god he said the
1: name Stanley Mills <laughs> <Yeah>. oh <that's laughs> no see yeah. I wasn't going to go that, that was genuinely going to be mine oh, like oh you. god there yeah. we go <laughs> we should have met before and shouldn't we to sort <laughs> sure of like compare our answers yeah. I, I, yeah I really don't know anything about him other than I've heard good reports that he doing really well and Lampard's picked him and Warrington to stay at the stay at yeah. the club and not put them out on loan um you kind of think there are, you know unless these signings do come off before the end of the winter you kind of think there will be a place in the midfield for players like that probably the League Cup round two mm. um, so yeah I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what he's got because you know all the reports are really good. I think I'm doing well and Everton would really piss his dad off as well. So, <laughs> it's like, um, yeah. These I'm, are the important things. Well, yeah, yeah, that's yeah.
0: it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but
1: yeah, I, yeah I, I think him really is the name that immediately sprung to mind on this one. Do you have any more information that you on him
0: that you well, know of? The, the thing I, I... I did my like predictions for the Echo this week and the thing I said about young players and, and Mills was I think he'll play 10 games at least this season. And I think the reason why is because he's... We know what our looks like with injuries and, and suspensions and whatever And I think one of the big things about him is he's very <coughs> versatile I think he's played right back, right wing back, yeah. right mid, you know, right wing in midfield as you mentioned there From what I saw in pre-season in those games he looked really good He you know, can carry the ball, you know, physical, can mix it a bit And I, yeah, I think he's just going to be a dead useful player to have around So as much as I've not seen loads of him yet He's got a hat-trick the other day as well, didn't he? You know, so he's clearly got a you know, bit of that in his locker as well. But like you said, you just, you just hear good things. And I think when you, when you watch players sometimes, you just think you look like you, you could have, probably handle senior football. You know, maybe he's still got a lot of learning to do, but I think his versatility means that he'll probably get a few minutes this season when you know never be gets injured or it won't be <laughs> he gets injured and we need an emergency right wing. but. I was enthused
2: by the way he passed the ball in preseason, mm. uh, and I mean that he's very like, positive, doesn't he? He, he strikes yeah. the ball with purpose. Yeah, yeah. I always think footballers pass the ball in a way in which they expect to receive it, and he really punches it into the player's feet, and I quite like that because it shows that in the same situation he'd be quite comfortable accepting mm. that that ball fizzed into his feet and hopefully getting on the half turn. And you know, I appreciate that he's played in a, a much more attacking role at a, a younger level if he gets into the start on 11 this season it is going to be in that right wing back role when Patterson inev- inevitably gets injured and Coleman just runs out of life after 20 games but
0: I see Coleman as a uh, third yeah. centre back now to be
2: honest but is okay so if Patterson got injured for example you'd probably expect Alex Iwobi to fit in at yeah. right wing back then um, unless sure. we have an
0: inevitable crisis in midfield and we need him yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah
2: Alex Iwobi will be playing in three positions in one game Um the only other player, as Les mentioned, is Lewis Warrington. Um, and, you know, you hesitate to big someone up too much because of their kind of footballing previous, because there hasn't been a great deal of that at a competitive level. Uh, and what we have seen has been down the road to Tramia. Um, and it, it's very difficult to gauge how useful that is from a technical point of view. You know, when you send a player on loan to that sort of club and at that sort of level... You're doing it almost for all of the human reasons as opposed to the footballing reasons, yeah. aren't you? To develop that kind of physicality or that winning mentality. The one thing that in good said for me is that the manager has looked at him and said, you're going absolutely nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and that, that speaks volumes for... You know, it, it's always been very difficult to kind of work out the hierarchy of youth at Everton in terms of where all of these players stand up. Even you know, right to the brink of the first team where historically it's been people like Anna Chibi and Vaughan yeah. or it's been Sims and Dobbin. And it, it, it's incredibly difficult to find out where the mental priorities of the manager lie. I think if you've got someone, you know, how old is Lewis Warrington, 18? Yeah. It, it's, he's looking at him saying, you're not going out on loan this year. You're actually going to come in really useful. And I know that a lot of the... The permutations of the squad have kind of led to this consequence where we simply can't let midfielders go. Um, But, you know, we're in exactly the same situation up top and Frank Lampard has let Lewis Dobbin walk out the club for a year. Um, Sims as well. Absolutely, yeah. I I know that Sims was was kind of... It feels as though that was already in progress before the the Carver Lewin injury. Um, But for him to say to Lewis Warrington, you're going to be quite important here. I think that... You know, it's incredibly difficult to gauge in pre-season, it? especially in a you know a game we got thumped in against Minnesota and all the other disappointing results that we've had. But when you see him on the ball, he's got that level of calm that yeah. is not very stereotypical of an Everton midfielder. And I think that's what probably excites me about him is that he looks incredibly comfortable with the ball at his feet a lot of them. <laughs> I, I, I know that that shouldn't be something that we sit around the, in a pub talking about as being like an exceptional thing a <laughs> but when he takes a touch and takes another one out of his feet and passes the ball he actually looks like a functioning human being and honestly if you put the Ducori in that position it all looks a little bit fumbly and a little yeah. bit thrown together um, you know we're not going to advance this lad beyond his years but I'd feel fairly comfortable at 1 or 2 nil in the game hopefully we get there at some point <laughs> with him coming on and I'm not, I'm not going to say he's going to dictate the game but he's going to just add that calming presence on the ball where when he gets it, he doesn't necessarily lash it into a corner for a striker to chase, yeah. but he does go sideways and then gets it back and then goes out to the other fullback. And I think he's got that level of maturity in his game that is way beyond his years. And I think hopefully we'll see
0: a lot more of him this season. Yeah, I was just thinking then about the lads we might be bringing in, in Anana and Gay, and getting, wondering yeah. if that means he might, might be going on low. Possibly, yeah. But I also think as well that them two coming in, also probably means it's more likely we're going to play a, like a 4-3-3, which may in turn yeah. open up more chances for him to get in the team as a, a third midfielder. So it's sort of like give and take away with, with those those two if, coming in. If they both come in, I think, does it does it force the issue that we have to go to 4-3-3? I don't think it forces the issue. It gives you the option, doesn't it? No, a three at yeah. the core, right, and then there is two. I think if, you, if you're going into any Premier League game and they are both
2: part of the squad... I don't think there's any way you don't play them in the core. The core? Yeah. I know what you mean. You know, he's not in great form, etc. Well,
0: we played in a three quite a lot last year as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think in the same way that most of our defenders are comfortable in a three, most of our midfielders are also comfortable in a three. Um, So, you know, if someone wants to draft some form of mad footy (laughs) manager chart and show us what you can do with that, then that's great. But. It, it unfortunately is a difficult puzzle to fix, isn't it? But as you say, the, the reality of Evan is that those six players in terms of midfielders and central defenders are not always going to be there.
0: Five, three, one, one. Then you play deli in a striker. <laughs> See, but then you've got no wing. McNeil's not playing. Gordon's not playing. do not
2: matter. That's, that's, yeah. the, that's <laughs> the most Mike Bassett I've
0: ever seen you. Who <laughs> needs wingers? Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and just quickly, quickly on Everton to finish off. I imagine you both going to give the same answer to this. Uh, Lampard's stock in May. Will it be higher or lower than it is now? It's got. To, if he keeps Everton up, gets us the positions that we, you know, you both said. It's got to be higher, hasn't it?
2: I think come May his stock will be higher having kept Bournemouth in the league on the
0: last (laughs) day. (laughs) Who'll be our manager then? Sean Dyche?
2: Who would be our manager at that point? Um, I'm trying to think who else would get large from Wolves. He'll, He'll... He'll have come into Everton. Happy Vitor <laughs> sign at
0: last. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. He'll have come into Everton. Brought Connor Cody and Neves, I'll be optimistic on loan with him in January. That um, he'll do a job for us. But Frank Lampard, he'll initially struggle. Don't get me wrong. But that home a advantage. A <laughs> With Bournemouth playing every single week at half 12 on a Saturday morning and it being sunny, which definitely always happens, by the way, I think you'll manage to do it.
0: Can you get coach welcomes that early, though? Will people be up for it at that time or not? Could could be a struggle. You're not going to get down there for... it. half ten in the morning I when the bus we arrives we
2: arguably had more at a coach welcome than they'll manage to fit inside the beat. the vitality is it yeah, all the um, lads in the champagne bar the vitality though you know that would go yeah, down
0: that's, really that's well that's the one isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. Scott Parker wears three coats as well doesn't he so <laughs> get, him, get him sacked as, as, <laughs> as, as quickly as possible but Les what do you, what do you think of that mate obviously if we're going to finish yeah. eighth, he's going to be potentially manager of the season pretty much yeah I think so yeah it, it will be I mean it, there's there's a
1: little bit of pessimism floating around, and the, the replies you put to the tweet you put out today saying he's going to be uh, sacked by Christmas out by November. And I hate it when the, people say that. <laughs> that <laughs> and there's that, there's that sort of prevailing feeling that it could really go wrong really quickly and it could, it could unravel really quickly because it's Everton. But yeah, I think he'll be sound. I think, he, I think he, he built up enough of a good feeling around the club last season. I think, as you said before, most yeah. like carry that on next season. Yeah. You know, finish the season strong, take it into next season. Yeah, I think it would be
2: sound. He's earned our "Patience." Yeah, you know, I you know, so. we were saying that today. Like all of the, when you talk about Everton fans and how good they were last season, it's all about the, you know, pressing forward, positivity, win the game. How I would like to see that manifest this season is that when the Cory plays a sideward pass and it's a little bit far too, too far ahead of Mikel and it goes out of play it's not toxic for seven or eight minutes yeah. after um, you know the, there's, that, there's that affordability to the players of you know as, as Les said earlier it's no great achievement but we could be talking about a very different prediction show right now um, we, we could be three weeks into our season by now <laughs> in terms of how early that Burnley Huddersfield game was but that that's the that's the type of Um, maturity that I hope has kind of uh, diluted a little bit around the the Goodison Park fan base. You know, I want it to be that type of place over the next two seasons for for so many reasons, but it's primarily because I don't want it to be a a place of hate when we come to leaving. You know, (laughs) these two seasons, and I said this to, to Rob earlier today, that, you know, this season is not all about preparing for next season. In the back of my mind, there is that little bit of me that thinks, well, if if we could do everything possible this year to prepare for a really good season at Goodison Park next year, I'd probably buy into that, because we've seen it, haven't we? We've seen it at White Hart Lane, we've seen it at Upton Park, whereby that last season is meaningful, and that's that's absolutely what I want Goodison Park to look like next year, and, you know... as I say, we, we can't sacrifice a season because Everton are simply not good enough to do that. But I like to think from a fan perspective, that's the, that's the unconscious mantra that we've taken from last year is that we're actually here to help them. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, I, it, I don't think... I'm not one to put Everton or Evertonians on a pedestal, but we would not be a Premier League football team without without Everton fans at the moment. So... I like to think that, yes, we take pride in that, but we also use it positively going forward into this season. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to
0: Bluenile.com. That's Bluenile.com. Yeah, um, that's the end of the Everton Predictions bit. Les, should we do some mailbag questions before we go into the, the main bit? How many have we got? <laughs> we got today, two of mine yeah, as well. Let, let's rattle through with them. Oh, it, was a, it was a late decision, it was, it was, it wasn't it, to was merge it, the it was
2: shows. So I, uh, I will stand here now and say I have not been prompted, but it does not affect me even when I'm prompted exactly <laughs> where's your flashcard? I did not do my research <laughs> earlier I like, refuse to do it now. so based on the
1: fact that Mason Holgate is terrified that Batman's actually dead did you see that video yes the video? yes so the, um, so the question is who's the best superhero so this got asked oh. to the this got asked to the Everton players in the week Mason Holgate walks up to the camera and goes Batman it? oh no he's dead
2: Hey uh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> I never said Iron Man, I think, in the end. So, yeah, Who's
0: the best, superhero? the best superhero? But, I mean, Batman would absolutely be my answer. Um, well, yeah, he's not really a superhero, though, is he? He's not got any superpowers. He's just dead hard and he's got loads of gadgets. <laughs> like I mean, Spider-Man's got, like, an you've actual... Just,
2: you've just unravelled <laughs> 33 years of that child in it me. It was all a lie. That thinks, <laughs> yeah. Is the Batmobile not a real thing? <laughs> um, but you
0: could, you could. Be, I mean, some of the things like you couldn't realistically make, but you could make that. Moses is Batman. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could quite closely like make that to be real. Go on then. I want. I, mean, I I'm, want I'm I'm to <laughs> see. Well, did they like make like make it for like the films and stuff, for like models and whatever? I'm sure some of it was special the but they would have had like. <laughs> some I, 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 I mean, I, I'm I'm not. Yeah. This is like totally not my genre, but I imagine there's like. Festivals people go to, We love comic books and stuff, where there's like life size bat reveals and stuff like that.
2: I get what you're saying, and that is there any super is probably the wrong word to use, but yeah. is there anything totally non human about the way that he operates? Spider Man's like weird fella, and he's Spider
0: Man's a bit of a weird super, fella. Superman can fly around, like you know they're like they're, they're like a, Batman some can glide. Yeah, they're like that. That's, that's they're superheroes. Batman, Batman. can glide. No, he can't. It's, it's just Kate. Have I you not played it? it? Arkham? It's, it's just his wings. It's just Kate. It's basically got oh, like, it's basically got wings on his back. You can have Batman.
2: I'm not having yeah, it. Any... Yeah, and I do you know what I win. Are you going with? Super, uh, yeah, excuse me. Are you going
0: with Spiderman? Yeah, Man, Yeah.
2: It's is a bit. Is it mainly for the
0: Tobey Maguire films? I can't even remember seeing them. Yeah. I mean, you can actually shoot webs, you can slinger around. (laughs) You can shoot webs.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like you've gone full skulls and you're just lashing trainers around the pub.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who who, who would you say lashed? See, mine probably would be
0: Spider Man as well, because he he was my favourite as a kid. (laughs) (laughs)
1: You win.
0: Sorry, the man's the name Michael Keane. Isn't yeah. Batman, yeah, I did. I did, I did, up, I did the watch the original
1: X Men film again last night, yeah. and it still quite stands up. It's still quite good. So Wolverine's pretty good as well. See, so he's, he's yeah, he's got claws. I mean, he's he's. But his, su- his yeah. superpowers is, um, is his healing factor. So oh, it, 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 see, big
0: yeah. claws? No, <laughs> oh, no, superpowers. No,
1: comic, no, that, no, that's not that's not technically a superpower cause that was like put into him. Oh, th- oh, okay, right. So his actual mutant superpower, so,
2: he's got healing powers. Again. So if you
1: punch them in the face, you got right. a black
2: eye, it just go straight away. I mean, when I graze my elbow, it scabs over, but I'm not a superhero. <laughs> How quickly, <laughs> though,
1: is it we're, we're all superheroes <laughs> in one way or another. What, like, what, what, what have you, like, chopped an arm off when it grow up? Couldn't chop it off because he's got that uh, metal exoskeleton. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you cut through metal? <laughs> Not this metal, you can't. It's right. the hardest. Substance there <laughs> I, I can imagine him, but like slowly watching a fella just cut through his arm. Just hold still if you want. While I put this fucking bandsaw for your arm.
1: <laughs> there you go. So you brought out the comic book nerd in me there. No, 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 We're we'll going no, to no. the next one. Predict, predict the next global disaster, which is due in 2023. Clearly. A oh my getting flooded. Oh, there you go. That's it. Isn't
0: yeah. Me? Serial flooding. Yeah. Yeah. What's the 2023 one? If not.
1: Well, we've had COVID, didn't we? Oh, uh, right. so, okay. It's not some
2: form of, like, premeditated No, it's, just,
1: it's something will happen next year that right, turns okay. the world. So, so COVID did last year. Everything yeah. has this year.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, do you know what? I, I'd say, you know, in terms of things that would hit not only the economy, but just civilization in general massively, someone will develop some form of, you know, no ideas here, but someone will develop <laughs> some form of, like, Almost like a technological disaster, like a mad virus. Where, and you know, computers, phones, everything goes, uh, and you know, that that would obviously be
0: (laughs) (laughs) quite the issue. It'd be be like that South Park episode, uh, (laughs) going out to find internet in California. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah,
2: that I think in terms of what would hurt civilization most it would be something technological. Um, but I would caveat that by saying that Batman all sorted.
0: I'm sure he cooks. he's got all the gadgets, but it doesn't make him a superhero. Oh, no, but no, if all the, the power's gone and everything, like, he's fucked, isn't he? Yeah, but yeah. No, not a superhero, though. No. That is true. Spider-Man will be better in that situation. He doesn't need in gadgets.
2: The, in the, in the techno bomb yeah. era? Yeah. What would, what would he do? He's got, like, an unlimited supply of webs. <laughs> yeah, just, but like, like, you've got like got seven billion angry people I, on the universe yeah, and you just... Spunkin' webs everywhere. What's that gonna but, like? like? But
0: Batman won't like, be able to drive his like car or anything. Oh shit! Yeah, you've got. He'd be reduced to a focus. He definitely has to charge. He, he, he has to charge his fat belt when he gets home as well. Like it's got like it's got like one like percent left, and he'd be like, "Oh bloody hell!" Oh, well, i gonna that do like, yeah. definitely got a contactless charger <laughs> for like that, Alfred, Philip up the Mondeo. Yeah. <laughs> Much on his bedside's like with all his gadgets in the night plugged in, just every charging up on the floor. You get no sleep. Oh, the electricity oh. bill must cost a fortune. No wonder we haven't seen him recently with the bills
2: going up. He's yeah. dead. That's right. He's oh, dead. Shit, yeah.
0: The dream is ruined. I feel like we're gonna have like people who are really passionate about this, like having a go at me on Twitter yeah. for not saying. I hope that.
2: you get trolled for Spider-Man yeah, plugged in. <laughs>
1: I think I think the global disaster could have something to do with robot dogs with guns on. Yes because oh, he's thrown guns yeah. on them Some of those mean, videos are scary yeah, yeah. it was inevitable <laughs> we were going to yeah. do that
0: yeah
1: so oh. it, it will involve Liz Truss nuclear war and robot dogs
2: <laughs> what, what a trilogy <laughs> that's what it will involve <laughs> I thought the Dark Knight was great but you know this is going to be this is going to be something else oh, Liz joke. Truss with her exoskeleton <laughs> <laughs> oh my god should we do the final
1: question. Come on, then. So Joe's asked Batman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Joe's asked a dream lineup for Everton's all hospitality at Bramley Moor, and he thinks we should bring back the spare cheese room idea. That just seemed like a way of them
0: saying there's going to be food and drink at the new Bramley Moor. I think so. Yeah, and it's going to be all in the ground. Yeah. All. All of it. I think, all. I think I've said it. before. I've made my plea for cheese boards at the match. So, oh, Morton, I'm going to yeah. stick with that, yeah. It,
2: Belgian ale would be my push for the yeah. match. You know, sophisticated members of the gentry <laughs> sitting on the banks of the Mersey, <laughs> sipping two 8% triple carmelites instead of... While gazing over to Birkenhead? <laughs> That's it, there yeah. What more could you ask for than a bottle of Orval and a viewer seeking? <laughs> <laughs> really. I think that's the match matchday experience that all offers. Oh, God. Laz?
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd just go with any decent food and drink. Yeah, would yeah. be sound by me. But the cheese room's a great idea. Yeah, Fully on board with yeah. that. And just, just on the theme, like, i uh, have seen home-baked pies are going to be at the game. Yes.
0: That's a great addition. Paddy though. was panicking before, worrying it wasn't going to be in the press box. You know? she <laughs> gets free food every week. Oh, Must God. be a hard life. It,
2: it's genuinely like it, it's not that easy to appease us on a match day, is it? You know, be- yeah. between between one and five, if you offer an Everton fan a ticket to the match, half decent in game experience. And then some good scarring and a nice beer afterwards. Then you are ticking a lot of boxes. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of thought and a lot of positive thought. I think is going into the development of not only Bramley Moor but the surrounding area. It's worryingly one of the things about Everton which all seems to be going well and also making a lot of sense. You know, everything that came out of all of the fans, fan consultations, for example, it, it, it gave you all the warm feels inside that the people at the top know exactly what this whole location has to look like. Yeah. Um, you know, I appreciate we're in a pub recording this, but you know, th- this is not the be-all and end-all. But, I want if, if I'm going to go out and spend 30, 40 quid on a match day, um, which, I go to the match with you, Matt, it's probably going to cost me. Uh, <laughs> oh, um... Fuck, <laughs> damn. <laughs> She's shot there. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: but, you, so you, it's because, very yeah. Les, I got the first round. In tonight, <laughs> isn't you did. Really you did yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm looking. I bought the first one, in glasses are empty. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> we all, all on a a to to yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: but you know, I, you know, realistically, I want, I want that money pumped in some way back into the football club. You know, the, if we're going to go out and spend that money, it should make, it should make sense that we keep it in house because you know we all want to see. Not only the team and all of those kind of very basic Everton ideas grow, but we want to see the entire club, the entire location, the entire area of the city grow because, you know, the the development of North Liverpool, that's not just something that Everton said. I think that 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 is a genuine target for the club to probably justify why they've pushed so hard for this stadium. And there's obviously, you know, enormous financial implications for Everton for the project to do well. But everything I know about Everton suggests that they are very keen on developing the, the socio-economic you know, areas of Bramley Mooring. You know, the, the development of, of what that particular stadium can do for that particular area of the city. So, you know, in summary, get me a nice pint. <laughs> <laughs> With Lucky Lance left, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: mailbag section we're into the home straight now lads we're going to rattle through the general bits uh, again some of these are traditional the first two are the last two not so much so we don't have to dwell too much on this first one but who's going to win the league Les City I've
2: got to go City I can't, I can't go down. Yeah, Man City because they are strong they are the title holders and they have Erling Haaland and I don't really think you have to go
0: way beyond that I'm not going to say mine uh, on that one. <laughs> uh, who's getting relegated, Moes? Uh, I would go
2: with Bournemouth, Fulham, <coughs> and yeah, just sorry to go against everything they said about Frank Lampard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: his stock
2: will be lower <laughs> right. uh, but no, I think Bournemouth, Fulham, and I think Brentford will go down this year as well. Mm. Um, I think that you know that. that the whole multi-season syndrome whether it be second or third I think this very often catches up with promoted teams doesn't it but not to put it all on one man I think Christian Eriksen yeah. was a big part of, of that say, team feels like more not having Christian Eriksen syndrome yeah, yeah absolutely yeah I mean I'm not going to sit here and say name me four Brentford players because I'm not going to ask impossible questions of people. But I don't think there's been sufficient strengthening of that team to suggest that they are capable of not struggling. I don't see a way in which they go into the last two games of the season with their future hanging in the balance. Uh, I just mainly because of him, I don't think they've got enough firepower. Even though he's not renowned for his goal scoring, but his contribution to them going forward was massive um, and without that I, I'd see them struggling
1: Mine's probably well wishful thinking more than anything Liverpool Man United no. and Newcastle No I've gone uh, I've gone Leeds Southampton Leicester Wow Yeah I know Okay I like that yeah. I'll be all for that I, life, I, but... I would like that yeah, I think I think Leeds will struggle again because uh, just, mm. yeah you know they sold Calvin Phillips they sold the best two players haven't they exactly yeah, yeah you know and the manager doesn't look great yeah um, he could become a bit of a comedy figure so if you they, this, Leeds this,
2: Leicester and Southampton yeah Leicester
1: yeah. I know I just, I'm, just, I'm just looking at Leicester and I think the arse falls out of them at the end of every season they yeah. could go into this one like quite weakened yeah from last year particularly if Madison goes as well for Fana, literally on the way he is like Chelsea put a bit in for him yeah so, so you kind of look at them and you think they could go in significantly weaker yeah. Brendan could spew it after three months or something and it could all unravel quite quickly, which would be fun.
2: Just just to expand on an earlier point that we made, we've mentioned six teams there. And we haven't mentioned Crystal Palace, Brighton and Nuts Forest. Yeah. Really I think I, mean, I think those first two would be absolutely fine. That's that I mean that's fine, but most people would have probably said Southampton will be fine this year and you know it did get to two games out before they were in trouble but point being is that the entire bottom half of this league could go down Mm. and you know we haven't spoken about Everton who I guarantee the creators of the very popular Brentford podcast will be sitting around saying
0: Everton could go down this
2: year so we probably make up the 10th team in that algorithm of it's literally anyone's game Uh, about Newcastle Villa Villa, I'd put in that bracket. Mm-hmm. Uh, Newcastle, you know. Have they signed anyone? I have them, but yeah. did they do a lot of their work in January? You know, I, w- I would absolutely love to see them involved in that. Get um, yeah, Eddie Hal, That so, is true. You know? <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah, you could go full Frank Lampard on them. <laughs> uh, we could do a swap. You never <laughs> know. Um, but yeah, th- th- I would put, you know, the-, the teams that I mentioned: Brighton, Palace, Newcastle. Um, They've probably all got enough. you know, yeah. asked, asked to drag four points out of the last four games, they'd probably all be able to do it. Whereas you look at someone like a Brentford, for example, I don't necessarily think they've got that, that fighting nature about them. There's, there's a few teams in this league where asked to switch on the the chaos engine, they'll do it, yeah. because we, we've seen Everton do it. I, don't, I just don't think that Brentford... Have ever got that capability to shift into fourth gear and say, "Shit, we're in trouble. Let's actually push on and let's go and get six points from the next three games." Like, remember Wigan always used to do it. They used to go to yeah. the Emirates and Old Trafford and, and get six <laughs> points. I don't, I don't think they've got that next step in. Whereas teams like Brighton and Everton and Palace, they've, they've all got that extra gear, hopefully, which means it keeps them safe.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm on the Marcus Silver hype train again. I think Fulham will be all right. I think, he's, I think he's, they look like a really good side last year, so I think they'll be okay. Forrest have just done too much for me. Like they, I feel like they've lost a lot of what they're about. I think paying Lingard 200 grand a week is going to be one of those decisions yeah, that yeah. when he starts getting linked to the other clubs in January, because he only signed a one year deal, yeah. we're all going to go, What on earth was that about? It, yeah, it, it was, it it was a bit ridiculous. J <laughs> um, I think Leeds will go. I think, you know. I think selling your captain and you know the heartbeat of your team and, and Phillips is yeah it's massive. Rafinha, you know, creative player Bamford looks increasingly like he's got Dominic Carver Lewin made of biscuits syndrome. Yeah, yeah. So I think that, I, I don't think Frank's going to keep Bournemouth up either on the, <laughs> the, the on, <laughs> on the final day. I think they're going to, I think they're going to yes, They haven't done any business have the end. So you've got sorry, Bournemouth, Leeds, and Forest.
2: Yeah,
0: and they're my three. Okay, I'm
2: just I'm trying to think of the teams that you think will survive. So, Fulham, Brentford, you think those Everton. two? Southampton. <laughs> <shout> <laughs> There's a lot of fodder there. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of fodder. Like, you know, if any one of those teams could get back to the basic point of just beating bad teams at home, what about Wolves? I mean, you preempted one of let's my let, let's,
0: let's not let's not go down there then. Uh, <laughs> so the next one, if you've not read the questions properly, you might need some time to prepare for this. So I've read them. So I'll, I'll give it. I'll throw it to Les first. So this is a bit, a bit, of a different one. So we asked you both to name two players who scored less than ten in the league last season. Who okay. were going to get more I'll than ten in this season. So Les, I'll throw it to you first. I on this one, mate. Go with Gabriel Jesus
1: and Karlova. Okay. I think. I think Jesus will do all right at Arsenal. Yeah. I think you know he'll be the he'll be the number one striker there. I think I he'll be pretty well. And Karlova, uh, as long as he can stay fit should just ecal 10 yeah. to keep the
2: toffees <laughs> safe yeah. I think so yeah I think they're my two I, I had three and they were two of them yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll go two different then so one of mine you know he didn't hit 10 last year because of the nature of his transfer but I think Luis Diaz got five uh, I, I don't really see a way where he comes into that yeah. setup without Sadio Mane and doesn't get into double figures so I think he unfortunately is one of them um, the other one who really impressed me after coming into the league was Kulazewski um, yeah.
0: you know yeah. you, a bit of a loophole there. you're picking two lads who joined in January you, we're dead good i was, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't read the terms and conditions of the question apologies
2: um, you're off bit. but yeah yeah, Kulusevski is, is probably the one that I would say you know much uh, one of our own Richarlison's detriments I think him Son and Kane is probably their most productive front three um, you know and he, he's shown a real eagerness to get into the box and, and score goals but you know to, to echo what Les said about Jesus everything I've seen of not only him but you know don't get me wrong Arsenal I've, not, look good, I've not watched all on often yeah. yet so I don't know how dar his tactics are here but it, it, it does seem as though Arsenal are fairly set in yeah you know, that much-used word in football of identity, it feels as though they really know what they want to be and they really know what they're about this year. Um, anyone can go and smack a Premier League team 4-0 in pre-season, you know, that doesn't make you big or <laughs> um, But the fact that they did that you know, to Chelsea, said, yeah. <laughs> the fact that they did that to Chelsea during pre-season, and Jesus was very much from the get-go involved, you know, he was thrown in against us, he was thrown in against Chelsea. There was always that... That feeling that he was going to be central to everything positive that Arsenal do. I don't think there's a way in which he doesn't hit 17, 18, never
0: mind 10.
1: Mm.
0: I'm going to go Martinelli. I think he's going to have a really good season. Sort of coming back from injury last year, but when he was, you know, there were glimpses from him where you thought, wow, this this lad is a really good player. And I think playing off that left-hand side with Jesus' focal point is, is going to do really well. The other one, Sancho. I think after the year in the league playing under the managers going to suit his style a bit more there's some some small signs towards the end of last season he was starting yeah. to, to get it together a little bit so I expect him to be a little bit better I also think Gordon might just get there as well
2: mm, I think you know, it'll be interesting you know the, the first thing I thought about when you said Sancho was that kind of dangling carrot of the World Cup yeah uh, I, you know as much as it shouldn't be like this, you'll probably get a little bit of extra incentive from players who know that their position in the national side is kind of up for grabs. You know. It's a flip of a coin, really, isn't it, in terms of who starts the season better in terms of Sancho or Sterling than a new club, yeah. for example. Um, you know, if one of those was to really kick on and get 10 before Christmas, you realistically go into the first game of the World Cup saying, you're my man out do yeah. on the left. Uh, I think that, that could be really important as being an incentive for, for certain players. But I should say, Sancho, disappointed in his first season. and you, You'd probably say from a from a goals and the stats return point of view it can't really get
0: any worse for yeah. him mm. Dwight McNeil as well obviously after his 2 in pre-season
2: how <laughs> I many did Neil Morpe get last year oh. he's probably around
0: that you know, I think he got more than 10 he took penalties yeah. didn't he Yeah, me, so. Yeah. true. Yeah. Um, and the last one I asked you for your big baseless take for the season uh, we'll read some some others that people have sent out about this we ask people for the Everton ones but it doesn't have to be an Everton one I've got one Everton one and one non-Everton one but okay. feel free Mark you were very keen to what walls Wolves earlier is yeah. it in relation to this
2: I've got two and they're both non-Everton uh, I think Wolves will really really struggle um, you know I said before about Brent- Brentford going into the 37th game still looking to secure their safety I honestly think Wolves will be in the same situation um, a, to a point, an untested manager. Um, you know, the, the, the better players in their squad have worryingly been there for a little bit, you know, not too long, but. Well, until we signed kind of Cody. Very true, but you look at people like Jimenez and Neves and the more creative of their players. Not only are they advancing in age, but I think when you get into a three or four year stint of the club, there is. There is space for the motivation to deplete quite rapidly. Yeah. Um, have they added considerably in the summer? They signed a centre off from or, day, apparently.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: I mean, you know. I'll say this very much from an Everton point of view, in that that does not inspire hope in me. Higuain <laughs> um, hey, is injured again for eight weeks. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I don't quite think they've done enough to convince me that they are in the same bracket of. A West Ham, for example, in terms of safe, mid-table stature, I think they probably do creep more into the, the Southamptons and the Brightons of the world in which, you know, you're bottom half of the league but you, you're in danger of dropping here um, I, I, I honestly don't think that they've, they've kicked on, and they, they probably peaked after 12 months in the Premier yeah. League they had that really good finish that, that, that flirting spell in Europe but it never really quite went anywhere and it feels as though they've been on a. I don't know, about... A, yeah, yeah, it's a gradual decline. I don't think any of us have really noticed it, but I think last season they were six with about ten games
0: to the, go, and the, yeah, the arch just fell out to them completely. Yeah,
2: and you know we, we've spoken about teams who kind of fail to shake off that momentum in pre-season. They they honestly do strike me as one that aren't capable of reversing that quickly unless they do some really clever business in the last few weeks of the transfer window. Um, my other one is that I don't think Liverpool will finish in the top three.
0: Oh, I'm here for that one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: who's, who's top three, then? I think two of Arsenal, Chelsea and Spurs
0: finish above Liverpool this year. I think Chelsea are going to finish fifth or sixth this year.
2: The, my reasoning, from a Liverpool point of view, is kind of linked, not only from my own personal optimism, but <laughs> it's kind of linked to the Wolves argument and that Spells of football teams or clubs or managers or players when we talk about Wolves. They only last so long. Um, you know, there are some fantastic footballers there. There's a world-class manager, as much as we despise him. And as a club in a whole, they are set up for greatness. And we've seen it, unfortunately, in recent years. But whether it's money going or the uncertainty that we've, we, we saw earlier in the summer over Salah, the kind of big shrug of the shoulders that we have to do about Nunes and to a degree Diaz although he looks like a great player I think that there's a a number of question marks developing in that squad where do you know what many of their fans and many other football fans will say that they are still high quality they very much still could be and they very much could still challenge but I would expand the point by saying that I think Arsenal and Spurs and Chelsea have got deep enough squads to really press them Liverpool have done a lot in recent years but other than Van Dijk which we heard way too much about there hasn't been any sort of monumental injury no. spells you know in, in terms yeah. of their attacking players yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I could go in I, going into most games last season you could guarantee it was Firmino Salah Mane, or Diaz Mane Jota. Salah Jota, Jota Salah. came in you know there was strength up there and you know I I omit it Jota at the start there there are still strength numbers there but I don't think any team is capable of sustaining two major injuries in an attacking setup and not having the same dominance and the same prowess in front of goal so yeah it's there with a hint of optimism and hope but I do think that Bad luck has to catch up with the team at some point. And I'm not putting all of their their greatness down to luck in the last couple of seasons, but if they get two key two key injuries up top, I think that people like Tottenham, for example, who have got now depth
0: in that area will look at them and think, we're coming for you. Um, if any reds who are watching this at the end of the season want to clip that bit up when you've won the title it was 55 minutes exactly you started speaking there uh, so, uh, as soon
2: as I stop speaking I want Van Dyke lifting the
0: trophy <laughs> on, on my head uh, Les I mean can you <laughs> can you top that on Liverpool going down basically yeah they, they were in my bottom three really I,
1: I, I, I thought I'd written down less than what I wrote the Um so mine I've got an Everton one um, I mean it's not, it's, it's night or day this one but we will be on the end of another wacky one off decision that no one else falls victim to so I'm thinking you know they're doing this VAR conversation after the game yeah. Yeah. we'll be the first team to have results overturned on the back of a conversation after the game or okay so
2: I think something will be misheard in the audio yeah and like you the, the, the VAR will say that's definitely a penalty, and the referee will hear it as
0: definitely not, and or, game will carry on. Or the full-time whistle will go. There'll be a VAR decision before, and then the game will restart. So to give the team a penalty against us.
2: That's happened at halftime in the Bundesliga, isn't yeah. it? Where they had to kind of drag yeah. the players yeah, back that'll on. That'll be but, us yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. will be like Lampard will be given the big one. Fish pumps in front of the. The yeah, We've we'll, we'll, we'll got a punch
1: deduction for that as well. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's a good shot. 100%. Yeah. So that, that's what I'm going for yeah. with Abbott. With, uh, with the Premier League in general, this links into something we said before Scott Park will wear even worse clothing <laughs> than he did when he was at Fulham, <laughs> which could involve really 7G layers. It could. It's going to have multiple layers, that's going to be horrific.
2: <laughs> God.
0: I'm
2: right. excited for yours, come
0: on. Mine, non Everton one, is that Newcastle are going to be a bit crap and Eddie Howe will get binned and Brendan Rodgers will be their manager by the end of the season. It's a shout. I can see that. Yeah, it's a um, shout. Yeah. My Hamilton one is a bit mad, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over it because I've been thinking about it today. <laughs> uh, I think Jonah Pickford's going to score a goal this season. Oh, my God. And I don't think it's going to be coming up for like a header or necessarily a Tim Howard one. <laughs> I could see him coming up late on, ball dropping to him on his left foot and he just lashes it in. Like a little scrappy finish, like like Chloe Kelly the other day. That'd be the greatest in the line thing ever. I, I I can I can see him just getting in there, left foot lashing it in. Given the influence that I've seen
2: members of the Blue Room have on Everton's pre-season <laughs> social media content, <laughs> I hope that someone out there is listening to this and allows Jordan Pickford a thirty-eighth game penalty because you know he would absolutely on on away, wouldn't he? Maybe just get on the menu, him yeah. on them anyway. I don't. You know, we're all harping back to what was it? Who's taking was it a the penalty? Euros? If we get a penalty
0: yeah. on Which we're taking on Gordon. It's happening on Saturday. Think it's going to take it. Winner, get
2: in. <laughs> in terms, in terms of capability of striking a football, he is the one, yeah. isn't he?
0: Gordon or Gray, maybe. It's yeah, great Gray play. It's a good penalty, don't he? JP one. He'll We our top scorer and might <laughs> score <laughs> a goal. Yes. Yeah, purely we,
2: because he's just channeling us in a Dennis
1: Irwin. Can we, can we go back to that question, who didn't score 10 last season but will next yeah, season? Jordan Pickford, yeah.
2: yeah. All penalties and one late equaliser. <laughs> probably. Like, yeah. It, it, you know, all jokes aside, if he wanted someone to hit the back of the net, he'd probably be the one, wouldn't he? i put
0: money on him. He man. would probably be the one. Not a bad shelter, is No, yeah. It
2: is bad, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What do you think? Do you think Jurgen Pigman's is going
2: to score a goal this season? Are Liverpool going to tank it? Do you remember that Tim Howard one? Oh my God, that was. Did anyone go to that game? I didn't, I to didn't it. go. It was. I mean, I've seen some shite <laughs> <laughs> at Gullison Park. It's Fair definitely, key, yeah. it's definitely in the in the top ten worst ever performances I've ever seen. Yeah, um, you know who was in goal? Bogdan. The ginger lad, that's right, he, he scored was in for goal. for he used to
0: play for he... Go. Gary Cahill scored, didn't he, as well. oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, it was so bad. And, you know, the celebration, it wasn't even muted that you sometimes get with a goalkeeper scoring, because the utter relief that we were actually able to do something productive going forward. <laughs> Johnny Oathinger nearly killed Tim Howard, because he thought, you know what, there was no other way that this was happening. <laughs> like, is it air who runs at Bogdan?
0: in order to try know. and go <laughs> on the
2: end of the ball but it was a terrible terrible night but yeah it's have we got so Begovic also scored a yes, goal he didn't did, he yeah it was
0: so, a very similar sort of goal wasn't it it was a big yeah, the win quarter
2: very much the type of goalkeeper that we go for these days but yeah. you know we've if, if Pigford scores a goal, <laughs> we're just going to have to fold the pod because I just could, <laughs> I couldn't have this. I couldn't have this all totally the time. I
0: could see him either taking a penalty or him one
2: in. I'd love to see him It's a free kick on behind the scenes. Free? <laughs> yeah. I'd love yeah. to yeah. see him. Not when get gets in. Game, no. things, yeah. you, really. Have you seen that Hulk free kick this week yeah. that he just no. lashed into the post and it looked really? like the goal was going to fall yeah. down? I reckon he'd be that style of. Adriano free kick
0: taker in all, and where for it. In all seriousness where we get a penalty on Saturday, where is he on your list of takers? Say we start say Ali. We,
2: say we start Ali McNeil Gordon. Gordon
0: Pickford <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably go Gordon Ali. McNeil, I've probably
2: put him fourth. McNeil. Fair play, yeah. Yeah. Having seen him kick a ball twice. <laughs> I would say Dwight McNeil is up there. Yeah. But no you know he's in the top half. Yeah. One for me, go for it. Oh yes. Get in. <laughs> he definitely hooks it to the keeper's left every time oh. as well.
0: So that great one for England, didn't he? In that yeah. He yeah. was gonna take the sixth, wasn't he, in the Euros as was well. He, he yeah. should have took the fifth. Yeah. He should have given the yeah. fifth. Tambor,
2: yeah. I, I trust him. Exactly. The, the, the good thing about the power he puts on the ball is that the, I don't think it comes back into play. You know, <laughs> yeah. the scores, or oh, uh, imagine it hit the post and then it's back down the other end. Yeah, <laughs> you see this, don't you? Like Shilova was the classic, wasn't he, in terms of how many career goals did he get in his thirties? I love are talking about this series. <laughs> <around that>. <laughs> <laughs> His was in his 30s, but there was never... Okay, I'm going to come back to this. There was never that moment of pandemonium where it hit the bar. It wasn't going to be played for after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: The, the one thing I was going to say is that, to go back to Everton predictions, Jordan Pickford hits the bar with a penalty. And all 21 other
0: players sort of scrambling endlessly (gasps) the other goalie would get it in the hands kick (laughs) out the other score score. the other goal score (laughs) oh oh
2: no oh no why did we say it Um, everyone can see the goal from a Jordan Pickford penalty (laughs) there you go
0: Uh, let let us know your thoughts on that Uh, I'll quickly read out some of the ones that people have said about about Everton oh it's, no what did he say it's, it's happening just, just embrace it just embrace it now um, Matt Barry says Frank Lampard's going to win manager of the season at Everton no what will he have to do win a domestic Europe, and finish say, top seven. Europe, I think Europe probably gets him yeah uh, Stacey Ian said not necessarily an Everton prediction but Rams they all make a save in the first game of the season and all pundits will want him as England number one yeah. or at Pickford yep. until Jordan scores <laughs> <out and> that penalty <laughs> yeah. then they'll be straight right, uh, Martin Wye thinks going to win the FA Cup uh, Joe says, "I'm optimistic we'll scrape qualification for the Europa Conference League and take eight thousand fans to the qualifier in the Faroe Islands, where well, we'll get beat five nil." I think I'd, I'd, I think
2: I'd take that over the FA Cup win. Yeah, more the guy. Actually,
0: Josh Harland said a player making the debut will score the winner against Liverpool in the Goodison Derby. That's the first game after the transfer window. And uh, Mike Blakey Lampard will be gone in November to Bournemouth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alex says the black cat of Goodison will return.
2: Against Wolves, that was, wasn't
0: Excited. it? Yeah. They're down. Joel Tomo says, Mina will play three games in a room without getting injured. Uh, <laughs> and I, a bit love it. Much, yeah. I love this one from Keith Davis, who says, The scalp pies will be burnt, the foot long buns will be a rock, and I'll miss a goal needing a piss. Yeah,
2: <laughs> if, if Bramley Moore could sort anything, it should be the sausage to bun ratio. For the dogs. <laughs> I, You know, everyone loves that initial trimming of the sausage uh, of the bun <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> there's your title <laughs> trimming of the sausage <laughs> <laughs> but, but quite like cryogenically stress body <laughs> before or whatever it was get
2: all of your meat goods inside the bun that's that's all I have need to learn from this
0: season sage advice from Mark Mersey there uh, to, to finish off uh, we've gone well longer than an hour Rob Vero will be very proud you've done two hour plus podcasts today I mean
2: no-one tell anyone who granted me the annual leave today that this is how I spend it. <laughs>
0: Wonderful stuff. Uh, cheers to most. Cheers the Les. Let us know your thoughts on all those things, like I said. Hot all the- dogs, mainly. <laughs> we need to know your thoughts on hot yeah. dogs. How uh, did you do your sausage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Liverpool going down. Is Jordan Pickford going to score? All those sorts of things. Give us a shout on that. Uh, cheers for listening as well. I've got absolutely tons out at the moment. kick about. We'll be up by the time you listen to this with Mose and Rob. Rob did an interview with Steve Cerruti in the week as well. Patreon weekend preview is up. Weekly, cleared did it with Paddy earlier today as well. Just well, There's just loads of stuff, loads of stuff on at the moment. Of course, we'll be back after the game on Saturday. Mark Mosey's not going to be in the instant match reaction. Les, are you going to be on it or have you got to go? I'll probably have to go after the game. Uh, well, we'll get all the people in on that uh, <laughs> on the Saturday. Very organised. But yeah, that'll be from the Denby Castle. Looking forward to that. Uh, But yeah, that's been your predictions/slash mailbag up the top of your social media very soon here on the Blue Room.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan
1: here, and I have a question for you: What do you do when you win?